<clears throat> at the top of the pyramid, so to speak, of 1 Corinthians 13, we started off, and of course you know me in, in memorization. The first one, I patience. Second one, kindness. And we're going to memorize all those in sequence. So, um, kindness. Kindness is a very interesting word. I'm sure you've looked in your notes um, with what the original, what kindness meant in the original language 2,000 years ago. It's kind of interesting. And we'll come back to number one in a little bit, but the question to think about as we go into, particularly after we look at the meaning of kindness, have you ever felt like when, when maybe the world seems to be closing in around you, and we've all been there, that at times you have this almost peace about things. When, when the world's falling apart and, and, we, and we feel like we should be falling apart with it and we're not, at least not all the time. Sometimes we do. We get a little edgy, a little nervous. But after we, at the end of this, uh, I want you to think about this question. You don't have to answer it now, but have you ever thought about possibly the amount of anxiety that the Lord has lifted off of your shoulders and maybe you don't know it? You don't realize it? But you have this, you have this idea like, why in, in this situation do I feel feel pretty good about things, even in spite of all these financial issues or, or family issues or whatever. And when we get to uh, page 11, I think this will come a little more clear for you, be a little more clear, but, but I don't have another. Um, I'd give you one, but uh, we'll, we'll get some more. Um, in the original language, the word kindness means useful, serviceable, adapted to its purpose. So, useful. Um, Homer, read about God and His kindness. I think it will be a good background before we get to this actually. And then Jason, I want you to read what you've got as well. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the unthankful and evil. The Lord is so kind, even to the people. Uh, uh, thank you, Beth. Uh, so kind to people who don't appreciate Him. He's still kind. Now we're going to tie that into the way we should think uh, as well, because everybody's not always real kind and friendly to us either. Appreciate uh, serviceable adapted to its purpose. And the more I, I study, <clears throat> when you take kindness down to its lowest level, or we might say up to its highest level, maybe that's a better way to think about it, we come up with the word mercy. So remember when we were reading these qualities and we, uh, we decided we would stop reading when we, when we, when we started lying? Remember all that? And none of us could read those? But Jesus, we had no trouble putting His name in this? What's, what did, how did He show us kindness in, in the New Testament sense? 
with mercy being at the root of all kindness. What did he do? Pardon? No, go ahead. He died on the cross for us. We're going to see examples of how kind on the next page he was to people who we would have said, move on. Keep moving. I'm busy. Did you see I'm busy here? He never did that. Jesus uh, in this original was, he was useful. He is useful. He is serviceable. He is adapted to its purpose. What's the root word of serviceable? Service. We are to be of service to people. And we're kind to them because we are, we're, we're people of service, are we not? What's the root word of deacon? You know, the diakonos. What does that mean? Worker. Worker or servant. We're all servants. So when you think of kind, well, you know, he was kind to that waiter. He left him a nice tip. Well, that, okay. I'll, I'll go along with that in our vernacular, but it's deeper than that when we get into the Bible. <laughs> um, it, there are action words. You know, it, it, implies, uh, it implies action, service, giving. Uh, I've got the invitation tonight. I'm going to bring some of this into the invitation about being a servant. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Uh, William Penn, you know, the famous Quaker who was very, very religious guy and, uh, and was right in, in, in a lot of the stuff he believed. He said this, I expect to pass through life but once. If therefore there is any kindness I can show or any good thing I can do to any fellow being, let me do it now and not defer to do it or neglect it, for I shall not pass this way again. We're not going to pass this way again. There's no need to wait, to defer, to put off. If you can be useful, a servant, adaptable to uh, your purpose. What is our purpose, really, when you think about it? That's kindness. Yeah. What is what? God. What, pardon? To serve God. Okay, a servant of God yeah. and all He's done for us. That's our purpose. And, what's, and what else? To tell others about it. Is that not right? Neighbors as ourselves, love our neighbors. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, how is God, based on what uh, Tom, I call him Homer, but Tom, I, I thought y'all looked at me a little funny. Homer, what? Um, that's just what I call him now. I, it, so anyway, Tom. Um, <clears throat> for he is kind to the unthankful and the evil. What does he say about his rain even? Falls on the just and the unjust. The, the rain falls on the just, the unjust, the good, the bad. He is good to everybody with his blessings. Go ahead, Bruce. Yeah, I've been thinking about this since we started. You were, you were talking about how at some point, sometimes the world seems to be crashing in on those people of the world, but at times we as Christians aren't affected by it because God, God is over us. I think um, people of the world don't really get that because they haven't taken on God and they don't, um, 
they don't have that peace that God brings to us as Christians because okay. they haven't um, lived a life that, that God is pleased with or they haven't given their lives over to God. Okay, that's good. Thank you. Um, uh, in, also in the original, it had a, uh, uh, an adjacent kind of meaning. I used this one, one time in a sermon I had here. Um, it, it describes food in the original Greek. You know, I, I made the little uh, funny thing here. Uh, well, the, the salad was very uh, kind tonight. Do what? Tasty. Um, generally, we eat food, 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 food that's what? Good for us? Good for us? Wow. Well, okay, sometimes uh, we do. But. Uh, the idea of being kindness, we would never think the word tasty, but tasty, it's useful, it's, uh, uh, it's good for you. Uh, that, had a, that was used in the, in the first century to, to describe kindness as well. It sounds funny to us, but not so much then. Uh, hasn't God, it's a rhetorical question, and Bruce has already kind of touched on it, hasn't God been especially kind to you and me? Pleasantly useful, a servant, adapted to its use, to us. That's kindness. Now we're going uh, that, to, that's, that's a great Jesus quality, but we're going to get down, as they say in Texas, we're going to get down the lick log here in a minute. <laughs> um, what does it mean to you and me? How can we emulate that? Now, you know me in the 747, Principal John, boy. Um, I'm just wondering what part of Texas you come from. <laughs> I don't know where I came from. Kentucky and settled Texas, but that's another story. Uh, that's why y'all talk like us. Um, West Texas. Um, kindness. You got me off, John. 747. Oh, John. 747. 747, Principal John, and related to kindness, please. He who is forgiven little loves little. That's the idea behind the 747 principle. Now, now adapt that to kindness. As far as being kind, uh, someone who has been shown a lot of kindness uh, is very likely to show kindness to others. That's right. When we realize how kind God has been to us, will it inspire us to be more kind to others? It should. It should. It should. Uh, are, do we always do that? No, Mitch doesn't. <coughs> I suspect maybe we all don't at times. But if it gets us to thinking thinking about how we can be more serviceable, adapted to its use, uh, tasteful, uh, a servant to others, then, then maybe it'll, be, it'll come from back here to the front of our mind so we, we'll be a little, a little more uh, readily uh, uh, available to do those kinds of things to us. Um, Nehemiah 9.17. Okay, Mike, let him read this. Mike, I'm coming right to you. Okay. Nehemiah 9.17 They refused to listen and did not remember your wondrous deeds which you had performed among them. 
So they became stubborn and appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a God of forgiveness, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness, and you did not forsake them. Abounding in kindness, loving kindness. Did God have every right, by being God, to kick Israel to the curb? Every right. You better believe it. He had every right to do that. Does He have every right, because He's God, to kick us to the curb? He has the right to do that, does He not? Does He? He does not. Why? He didn't want anybody to perish. This, this world's coming to an end one of these days, boys and girls. It is. And he's not, he didn't want anybody to perish. But he had every right to do that. So if he can be that kind to us, that, that useful, that service, that adapted to its use, then shouldn't we? Or can we? Um, we can. We can. Now turn to page 11. Um, <clears throat> I also used this in a sermon one time, but everybody wasn't here. Maybe you don't remember it or whatever. But <clears throat> it's really, uh, and I think Alan might have used it in, in maybe one of his lessons or, or an invitation or something, but it's well worth um, showing the kindness of heaven. The kindness of heaven. Keep that right here. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And then he says, "Why? for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And some of my research uh, says that farmers in ancient Israel used to train. You know, when you've got a yoke, a yoke does what by definition? How many do you have at least? Two. There's no need for a yoke without two. So you, you, you've got a, an experienced oxen, ox. And you've got a young oxen who he's trying to train. And he yokes those two together. But in ancient Israel, they would strap the strap tighter on the old oxen, the, the old guy, the heavy guy, the, the strong guy. And they would just loosely wrap everything around the younger ox. The old guy carried the load, but the young guy was learning to walk alongside and help where he could. Um, and his burden was relatively light. Now, the original farm people in, in Israel understood that. We Was that like a John Deere? With, no. Um, but you go back 100 years even in this country, or even less, and people understood yokes. Uh, so Jesus is saying, I'm pulling the load. You yoke up with me. Your, lo your load will be relatively light and easy compared to what I've done for you and what I'm carrying. Do you see that analogy? That's kindness. That's useful. That's adapted to a purpose, a yoke. And it's being a, a, an attitude of a servant. You see that? So he's saying, I'll walk alongside you. We're yoked together. I, put, I carry the weight and carry the burden. All I ask you to do is to follow along with me. Now, you're going to have to sacrifice some things, but I'm doing the heavy lifting. You've heard that term before, the heavy lifting. I'll do the heavy lifting, but you've got to walk with me. 
And you got to yoke up with me. You see that? And number eight there on your, on your notes. <clears throat> We've all been to so many seminars in our uh, work life. <laughs> I see you laughing, Jerry. Oh, my word. If I had a $10 for every one we, I sat through over 40 years, I'd probably be a rich man. Have you ever been to a seminar on how to be kind? Beth said she has. That's great. <laughs> I've never even heard of one of those. Well, I worked in an office at a school, and all of the people that were that frontline person that the parents would come in and talk to first. Oh, okay. That we makes all sense. got sent to a, a meeting about how to handle those people, basically customer service. Okay. How do you handle them? Is they're happy, not happy? So, yeah, I, I okay, well, that's wonderful. Most of us have never done that. It was always, in a lot of cases, a browbeating on why you're not doing better. <laughs> um, but, okay, so that's good. It, it is a customer service attitude, something we don't see much in our society much anymore. Now, having said that, how can we on a, somebody read Galatians 6 and verse 10 real quick, Chad. You know, probably memorize it anyway. Mike, I'm sorry. Before we do that, no, no, no I apologize. We're done. We're good. We're done. As in, you're mad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry, Mike. I, I didn't mean to overlook it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Slow to boil, Mike. Slow to boil. What was it? Six and verse ten. Listen close. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Okay, he's talking to individuals there. Let's do good to all. Let's be patient with all. Let's be kind to all. Let's be, you know, all these things we're going to talk about to all, but especially to those who are members of the church, to the household of faith. Now, having said that, let's, uh, let's get practical. How can you and I be do good to all, be kind, based on the definition we just looked at, to the world, the, the, at school or at work or whatever. How can we do that? Remember, Jesus said, I'm going to give away my invitation tonight, but <clears throat> if you give somebody a cup of cold water in my name, that's what he wants us to do. Now, did he say dig a well for them? Did he say pay their, their water bill for the next year? Did he say bring a gallon of water? Did he say bring a buck? He said give them a drink of, of, of cold water. Now, what's that person going to be in a few hours? Thirsty. Thirsty again. <clears throat> he goes on to talk about hunger and all that, which I'll save for out there. The, so, with that, just a small, small thing is the idea, right? What small things can we do to help others? To be kind, useful, servant, all of that to others. What can we do? Extend the benefit of a doubt. Okay. Certainly do that. Give, give people the benefit of the doubt. We talked a little bit about that like last week, didn't we? Uh, that's good, though. Look for opportunities to be useful ah. to somebody. Wait a minute. What could they do? What, you know, get to know them and 
Get to know them. Look for opportunity. What did Galatians 6 and verse 10 say? As we have opportunity. Well, if you walk around with your head down, so to speak, you're going to miss these opportunities. You're going to miss the cup of cold water or the <coughs> sandwich or the or the clothing or, or something that somebody needs, you know? And to piggyback off of that, don't wait for them to come to you. Even if you ask them, hey, let me know how I can help, just do it. Because they're not going to come back. Most people are not, are they? Tell you. So just if it's a thought in your head, just do it. I had a, a preacher one time, I see Jason, I'm coming next. I saw, I had a preacher one time preached a lesson on that. And he, it was a true story. It was James Hahn. And he said, uh, <clears throat> a long time ago, he said, sometimes I, I, he was at a place where the, there was a widow woman. Her husband had just died. Her house was a mess. Dishes were stacked up and her car needed washing. And said there was a couple of people that came in and said, now if there's anything I can do, let me know. Really? Really? Don't wait. Jump in on the dishes. Wash their car. Do, mow their yard. Do, do what they need to do. And, and Tom's one of the best that I know in doing that. With the widows and all of that. And, 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 and others as well. But don't wait. Sometimes we, we, we explain, you know, they didn't say anything. What did they have to? Really? So that's, that's, that's good. Those things are all good. Jump in where you have opportunity. What else can we do? Well, you know, I work at Walmart as a second job, and I get exposed to a whole lot of people out in the parking lot. <laughs> but, <laughs> Sorry for laughing. No, 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 no. But uh, there are times where, you know, elderly folks come in, they're parked up front in the handicapped spot. Okay. And those present a lot of opportunities, and it can be something as simple as just talking to them for five minutes. I mean, you're lending an ear, you're just kind of talking to them. They may have a, you know, World War II hat on or something. You get to, yeah. you know, you get to talking and they, they really open up in most instances. And they may be the loneliest people that live by themselves and no one takes the time to talk with them. Jason, that's, that's really good, Tom. That, that's what I'm looking for. That's Some actually kind of the path I was going to go, but I can I can agree with you on Tom. Many a surgery I've had and many a day my, my grass got mowed by Tom, so I appreciate that. But, you know, overtly looking, people that would, they wouldn't expect it from you, maybe in the workplace or whatever, but, you know, we, we always are in contact with our friends and family from church and how, you know, your wife had surgery, how's she doing, everything like that. Someone at work, you notice that their countenance is low. Just, man, you look like you're not having a good day. What's going on? Genuinely show interest in their life. Genuinely show interest in things that might be negatively impacting them. And overtly, you know, follow up on it. You know, hey, you said your wife was having surgery. How's she doing today? Yeah. Things like that show a, a love that they don't get from people that they normally don't know. They, they don't. They, they really don't. Um, all these things are real good. And, and this, the list could be almost infinite, really. I mean, we can, you know, take it in your trash can for your neighbor. Is it, was a big, is it a big deal to give a person a glass of water? <coughs> Jesus said it was. But it's not a big deal to us. So what he's saying is, do the little things. Look for opportunity to do the little things. And then, what? Do them. Because there's going to be times you're going to be on the receiving end. And there's going to be times you're going to be on the giving end. Um, 
what may seem little to us may not be little to the person that we're doing it for. <clears throat> That's absolutely true. Like this and morning it, when I opened the blinds and our neighbor flew out early this morning and yeah. their garage door was wide open. Going to be gone for 10 days, that's, that's a problem. <laughs> so, so you went over and closed their garage door. <laughs> yeah, but you saw it. <laughs> Teamwork. Teamwork. This, this also, sometimes we don't like to admit it, but this also means getting in our own personal pocket sometimes. It does. And it, what, what's interesting, it says, let's do good to all people, especially to those who are of that household of faith. So what it says is, is there's a personal level of benevolence that we could do to the world, but also to people within the church. Yeah. And... It might not be you know, giving somebody money at the gas station, but it might be going and buying up some food. Also might be someone at the, fellow, at the church here that they're in, in need. You dig into your own pocket at times. And, and right here it tells us that we need to do that. You, you do. And people don't have to be broke to help them out. That's right. Right. No, that, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, and, and I know the church doesn't know and has no reason to know what all, how the elder, well, they have reason to know how the elders spend your money. I don't mean that at all. But there are, t tonight on the way to church, stopped off, no names, uh, that needed help financially. Um, who never complains, tries to make her pennies stretch, but sometimes you have car issues and you have things. <clears throat> and I'm not going to announce it. I guess sort of, sort of am. I don't mean to that. But um, the church can be kind. Individuals make up the church can be kind with their time, their money, their all of that. But you'd be amazed how much goes on behind the scenes here, where your money, the Lord's money, the money that you put in the treasury, we we give to help people who are in need, members of the church. We did it, you know, we, we, even today. And, and it happens a lot. We're glad to do it. We're glad to do it. Uh, we don't wave a flag and say, look what, we're not doing that. We help people who need help. Guess what? That's being kind, useful, being a servant. And we do that as individuals too. Mm -hmm. Many times, a lot of people hit that hip pocket. Some people say, well, only the money comes out of the church. Who said that? The Bible doesn't say that. It says, you be good to everybody, especially to those who are members of the church. And sometimes you've got to hit the hip. Okay. That's fine. Mike and then Lisa. The second thought that I had that I was going to say is, Mark Dunnigan wrote a little expose on this verse much we've already said, but one of the things he said that struck me is kindness begins with attitude. And if you're not an approachable person, kindness could be an issue to somebody else. And one of the things he pointed out was Paul was everything to anybody. Which means no matter what circumstance Paul was in, he was approachable. He was. And, that, and so for us and our character, are we approachable, are we kind? Especially, he went on to say, to the household of faith. That's a great are point. Are we the ones that get up and run out? Or are we the ones that right. are kind and looking Are we approachable? Only we have to answer that ourselves. Are we approachable? 
I, I've started. Oh, at least I'm sorry. That's okay. I was gonna say it, that's your 747, though. We realize how blessed we are. Right. It is so easy to give. It's not hard, is it? No, because we have been given so much. So much. And we make choices every single day what to do with that money and what to do with our blessings. We do. So we, what better what better use than to help someone else? We absolutely do. Matthew 9 verse 13 said, I want mercy or kindness more than sacrifice. You remember what Jesus said when He said, if you give your body to be burned, or you die for somebody, but you don't have this pyramid of love, if you will, what good did it do? It didn't do you any good. It didn't. Uh, John, go ahead, John. Um, I find that this is a. To me, I'm, I'm brought back to the importance of love, and, and and I just sit here and I'm thinking of how do you how do you make people do something? You know, and in the Old Testament, you have these laws. Don't know these, that you can. You have these commands, and you Maybe. can you can you can. Point them in the right direction, but as you can see, I mean, case study of the Old Testament, it, they didn't end up doing what they should have been doing, and 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 it didn't. The way that it was set up didn't win their heart, you know. But but when you consider love and you consider the 747 principle, like this is the power that resides in love. I mean, I don't I don't think we can ever like really comprehend like how powerful love can be as a motivating factor because when you consider it in light of the 747 principle that's true uh, there's no there's no other way I mean if you're if you're just trying to be kind just because you were told to do it I mean you can just, you're gonna get burnt out you will great point that's a great point and that's why in this 1 Corinthians 13, somehow or another we've got to get this deep inside us. It's a challenge for me. I'll tell you what I've started doing, and it doesn't make it right or wrong. And it may be, you may say, well, that's kind of silly. I've been practicing during the day when I'm out and about. I tried one the other day. I was at Walmart. It's a crazy place, crazy people, busy people, and they all want you to go through the self-checkout. No. <laughs> I want a live person. So I'm in line, and there's a lot, all the snowbirds are back, a lot of them are, and there's this lady with three little children behind me. She's trying, got one here, and I don't want on the hill, and, and stuff hanging over the side, and I just had a few things, and I thought, but I'm getting it from back here to the front of my mind and trying to make a new habit because I I don't do good I don't do well at this uh, historically I'm trying to do better I said ma'am would you like to get in front of me you got your hands full that's that's a couple that's nothing and she looked at me like really I said really come on come come on up and and her smile was like that I'm going that was really not much. But I'm trying to do those little things on purpose so I can be ready for the bigger things when they come. Try to do that. Alan? Oh, 
Go, okay, I, I thought I thought I saw your hand. Um, okay, Bruce, go ahead. Um, yeah, I love how we're talking about all of these physical blessings that we can do for people who are members of the church. But I think there's also a, a something spiritual that will last them for a lot longer that we can do as well. We can sit down with them and read the Bible. I think that's also another important aspect. No, of it is. As well. It is. That's a good point, Bruce. Yeah. Um, I don't. We've only got probably five minutes left, but I want to touch on a couple of these. We'll finish up Sundays, no problem. But I, I just I keep going back to this when <clears throat> Jesus is in, in uh, Mark five is in this huge throng of people. Huge. They're all around him. The, the apostles are getting edgy, and. There, people are grabbing and touching, and he's on his way to, to raise a dead girl. And somebody touches his garment. Now, what what might you and I have, have said? Get off me. Would you give me some space, lady? Can't you see I'm being thronged? What did he do? Who touched me? Who touched me? Jesus didn't yell. He said, who touched me? And apostles give him a little grief. Are you kidding? Mm -hmm. People are beating and banging all around him. You want to know who touched you? And he said, who touched me? And the lady was cowering down. And she'd been healed of her. She spent all of her money on her health. And she'd been healed just by touching his garment. He reaches down to her. And he said, daughter. uses the word daughter. That's, only, that's the only time the word daughter is used in the New Testament. It's a very tender term. Jesus said, daughter. And he, and, and, he, and he talked to her. Now, he not only restored her health, what did he? What might have he restored? Her, her dignity? Hope? She could be with people again? She could be with... Don't you think... No, that's right. Don't you think people probably avoided her with an issue of blood? If she was a Jew, she had to be avoided. Yeah. She was unclean. We might liken it. I don't know if, if I'm stretching it too much. Maybe like HIV. The blood, you know, all of the contamination. People avoid them. People avoid lepers. People no doubt avoided her. Not only did he heal her, he restored her self-esteem and her dignity. He was useful, kind, useful, a service, adaptable to the moment. I love that story. It's one of my favorite stories. Most of us would not have done that. Come on. Get away. He didn't. Uh, yeah. I think the biggest thing I get from that is he took the time to stop. <clears throat> he took the time. We are so busy. We fill our time. Just so when you open your eyes to you close your eyes. And he realized how important that was he at did. that moment. And I think we have to stop and do that. How many times? That's a great point. How many times do we read about him being one-on-one -on -one with somebody? We like a big crowd. What's our number on Sunday? You know, that's reflective of things. And I get that. But Jesus, how many times was he one-on-one -on -one with someone? Zacchaeus. There were so many people and he was so short he was up in a tree. Jesus comes by. A throng. What are you doing up there, little man? Uh, Zacchaeus, you need to come down. You know why? I'm coming to your house. Did he have to do that? 
He knew Zacchaeus needed him. One-on-one, -on -one, he went to his house. Um, <clears throat> the woman taken at adultery. By law, what? And it would have been legal. What were they supposed to do to that woman? Stone her to death. That's the law. Guess who wrote that law? Oh, Jesus. And his father. And they're all ready to go. They're testing him. What did he say? He, he's, he's, he's just writing down. He's slow to boil. Patient. He's kind. He's going to be a servant. He's going to be adapted to the moment. Useful. What, what, did, what did he do? He just kept writing. Well, listen to those guys. And what did he say to the woman? Let me tell you something, woman. You, you deserve to be stoned. I'm going to give you a break this time. But if you ever... Did he do that? What did he say? Where are your accusers? Oh, they have. He said, there's nobody here to condemn you? He said, I don't condemn you either. But, go and sin no more. People didn't do that then. Stoner. Kind. Useful. So, should we, since we couldn't read 1 Corinthians 13, those words, He can. And that's our motivation, so we can. I think it was Austin that said something <clears throat> when we were in the patients class about a week ago or so, mm -hmm. about triggers. Yeah. Like, you recognize what's making you boil at what temperature and right. the trigger moments and I'm glad you mentioned, you know, about Jesus being so busy because those are my those are my triggers. Like when I'm when I'm really busy, when I'm really stressed, I, I find it very hard to take a moment and be be kind. And you know, I think that's a good it's good advice maybe for all of these. It's like Recognize where you're triggering right. and being unkind, being short, <clears throat> being too upfront with people and passing people by the hall and not yeah. glancing at them. And recognize those triggers and maybe just take a deep breath. Yeah. Uh, no, very, very good points. Uh, we'll, we'll touch on a little bit of it. I've got some more passages I want to read. But one of them is, remember this, I don't have it in your notes, but Psalm 63.3. Listen to this. Psalm 63 and verse 3. Your loving kindness is better than life. Talking about God. Your loving kindness is better than being alive. That's powerful. Think about that this week before you go to bed tonight. God's loving kindness is better than life. So, can we do that? Are you going to do it every... No. Are you going to get edgy at times? Yes. Are you going to be impatient again? Yes. But can you be less impatient? Can you be uh, just a little more kind? And work? Sure we can. Sure we can. And try some of those little things that, that to the world means nothing. But it might help you develop a, a habit that can develop into a bigger habit so when the big things come, you're a little bit better. Does that make sense a little bit? So we'll finish up page 11 and page 12. we got some more practical things to talk about on Sunday. Uh, kindness at home, kindness in public, kindness in church, kindness to your enemies. Now notice this one. I want you to think about this this week. Kindness to yourself. 
How can you be useful, tasty, a servant, adapted to your purpose, to yourself? How can you be kind to yourself? Let me tell you, we're, we're the most unkind sometimes to ourselves. Stop it. And, I, and, and I, I'm that way. Think about that this week. How can I be more kind to myself? In addition to these other things, on Sunday, I want to hear what you got to say about that. Okay, a warning. You're going to hear a little bit more of this during the invitation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>